Have you seen where deals go down in restrooms? <laughs> what kind of deals? How big are these deals? The manhole. Is that what it's called? A manhole? A manhole. A glory hole. <laughs> Wait. Good afternoon, fellow nerdlings. This is Invasion of the Nerds. I am Chris. And I'm Andre. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about a little movie called Psycho from 1960. You've probably never heard of it. It's, you know, it's a little nothing B-movie. <laughs> a little nothing B-movie. No, no one's heard of this movie. Yeah, it didn't shape cinema in any way. No, it didn't. Nobody knows shit Did it introduce this. the importance of milk? We're going to talk about milk later and Hitchcock's... Hitchcock's? Hitchcock's uh, strange obsession with milk. (laughs) I don't know exactly why he's so into milk. (laughs) Just because it looks cool. Black and white milk. I I guess so. He just really likes milk. Uh, So let's get started. Uh, I'm going to start about the production um, of the movie. So the, the premise of Psycho was kept under lock and key. Uh, moviegoers were actually not allowed into screenings if they were late, and actors on set were sworn to secrecy that they wouldn't divulge any details. Like, he literally had to make them sign a form, saying that they weren't going to tell anybody the like, details of this movie. This is because this was, like, one of the first, like, horror-horror movies? Like, I mean, for its time, I feel like it's horror, but to me... Thriller? I don't really classify it as a horror movie, it's a thriller. Yeah, it's like a... It's a thriller movie. Oh, we're going to talk about spoilers, too. So if you've never seen the movie, you should probably do that first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, well, I'll, I'll let you guys know when the spoilers are going to come in. For the moment, we're just doing some general background. So if you've never seen Psycho, basically, the premise is there's this chick named Marion, right? She's working for this real estate firm. Uh, she's got a boyfriend who's pretty... He's pretty jazzy. He's pretty cool. Jazzy. He's uh he's uh he's pretty snazzy, excuse me. Uh <laughs> but you know, he doesn't make that much money. He's just, you know, your average Joe. He works at a general store? Or does he own that general store? No, I'm, br- I'm pretty sure he just works there. He's like the manager though cuz he tells I got to go on break. But I love how he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, just just go take your lunch, buddy. And he's like, oh, I'm fine. I have my lunch on me. He's like, go take your lunch, buddy. Get the fuck out <laughs> of here. Get the fuck out of here. We're talking about some And I'm just shit. like, okay, geez, rude. Okay, so anyway, I'll let you guys know when the spoilers come. So if you just want to know some like general facts about the movie before you see it, then you're good. Um, anyway, yeah, so the, the premise of this movie was kept under lock and key. Moviegoers weren't allowed into screenings if they were late, and actors were sworn to secrecy that they wouldn't divulge any details because the ending of this movie is oh, it does have a twist. Ending. Kind of a it's it's a twist ending. I don't want to give any details yet, but it's kind of a it is a twist. It's kind of a thing. So ironically, uh, this was the first American movie to feature a toilet. 
and like the the flushing of a toilet which sounds really fucking stupid but yeah apparently moviegoers in the 50s and early 60s weren't used to uh toilets so on the big screen i'd never i don't understand how you can have a movie and not one time show a toilet i mean why, why would you need a bathroom scene in older movies, I guess? They're very posh and proper. I don't know. I mean, like, were there no gang movies at the time? Where... What, like, <laughs> gang movies are, like, your epitome of toilet movies? No, like, just like... Oh, you ever watch The Warriors? There's just toilets everywhere. <laughs> no, like, I don't know. I'm imagining... Okay. You ever seen Boys in the Hood? <laughs> just toilets. This is gonna sound so stupid. But I'm imagining a gang movie where they go into the bathroom and, like, the deal's going down. <laughs> But it's like a public restroom. I obviously what <laughs> have you seen where deals go down in restrooms. <laughs> what kind of deals? How big are these deals? The manhole is that what it's called? A manhole? A man? A glory hole? <laughs> Wait, do you know what a glory hole is? Yeah. What movie have you seen with a glory hole? Uh, I think Kevin Spacey was in it. Kevin Spacey was a glory hole. <laughs> oh God! Okay, now we're gonna get. To- some territory here. I obviously have never seen a gang movie, clearly. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> they do deals like in back alleys, not like restrooms. Dude, I don't know. They like hand the thing through the hole, if like anything, in the wall. Like for restrooms would be like club movies where people do cocaine in like the bathroom stalls and shit. There's no way they'd have that in the 50s. No, no, so, no definitely not. Yeah. Everything's so, all posh and proper. And- mm-hmm. So anyways, um, and then another important part of the movie was... Uh, the score. Wait, you're saying that the to- the, this being the first toilet movie <laughs> was important? I, <laughs> like, another important. I didn't think it was. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> I didn't say it was important. I said it was interesting. This because is true. It is interesting. I mean, a lot of people like to bring that up. Like, oh, this was the first movie first to feature a toilet. Not, you know, the fact that it was, like, fucking terrifying at the time. People were throwing up. The toilet? And- <laughs> no, not in the toilet. No, not because of the toilet, but because like, of... Ah! That's why he's told the secret like, we're going to get away with this. Hollywood must never know until it's screened, and then it's too late. We're putting a toilet. Okay. Yeah, no, no. That's. I just thought that was an interesting fact, a little tidbit I would throw out there. Um, and then another important part of this movie is its score, which was composed by Bernard Herrmann, um, and he's known for composing uh, the scores for Citizen Kane, Obviously, you know, OG movie. Uh, the Day the Earth Stood Still and Taxi Driver. Uh, and he was considered one of the most distinctive of his generation. Um, and Hitchcock was so impressed by his performance that he actually gave him $34,501. Wow, back um, in the day, too. Yeah. I mean, and this was after, um, I believe the production was already done. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, he decided to give him $34,501 because he was just so impressed by, you know, its performance. Well, we were reading that because in the beginning of the movie, the lady steals, what, $40,000? $40, yeah, she steals $40,000. And that was equivalent to, what, like 300000 Yeah, I think when we were researching it, it's like equivalent to around maybe like $300,000 today. So, like... Yeah, Hitchcock gave this dude like two hundred, almost three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, for just for making the score. Wow. He he considered as a bonus, it. not even like his. I think paycheck. that was the, no. I think that was the majority oh, of what okay, he got so paid. I, I don't think he gave him like another extra. Okay, like I thought it was like a tip. Like here's a tip. Yeah, here's your tip. We got three hundred thousand dollars. Great. Yeah, no, no, no. 
But yeah, at the time, that's kind of a lot of money. And he credited most of the success of the film to the score. Because they tried doing edits of... Spoiler alert. The shower scene, which, to be honest with you, if you don't know about the shower scene now, then you're, like, living under a rock or something. Yeah, like... It's come on. <laughs> Get your shit together. About, you pretty much know it's the swing, swing, swing. Yeah, That sounded that sounded like it was getting towards Jaws for yeah. a second. Here. <laughs> I, we obviously don't know our movies. <laughs> okay, so but yeah, he credited most of the success of the movie to its score, which made sense because a lot of the tension. If you look at that movie, especially, you know, the famous shower scene and some of the scenes in the car, if it didn't have the soundtrack behind it, it would be kind of, like, weird. Yeah, like, like, bizarre, almost. That's what I'm excited for the new The Quiet Place, whatever. Because mm-hmm. it's like, horror is in the sound, is in the yeah. ambiance, it's in the, the build-up of the music. And the, I don't think there's going to be that much sound in The Quiet Place. I mean, it's called The Quiet Place, so I assume... Right, so there's going to be it's going to be the first horror movie where there's tension without sound. It's really fucking interesting. Like, I'm hoping that there's no music. There's nothing. It's just... Yeah. But, I mean, when you think about it, he also knows how to utilize no sound as well. That's true. If that makes sense. So, for example, the part after it's already happened and the water's going down the drain and everything, Mm -hmm. it's completely quiet. That's true. You know? And then he's trying to clean up after his mother... And it's why you say like that? You're right. You have a stroke, mother. (laughs) (laughs) I was doing quotations with my voice. I thought you said we were gonna do spoilers. There's no spoiler. Shut up, Audrey. Mother. Mother. (laughs) Excuse me. I just had a stroke. Um. Yeah. When he's cleaning up after his mother, he it's it's quiet. It's there's no none of the strings in the background. There's no violin or anything. Bernard Herrmann, the composer, he started when he was 13. And he had his own orchestra when he was, like, about 20. What? So he's, like... Wow, so this is, like, Mozart in the Jungle. Like a wunderkind kind of thing. This is... He's, like, the Ubermensch. Yeah, he's... He was, uh, pretty talented. So... And, yeah, he credited... Hitchcock credited a lot of the potency of the film to the music, which makes sense. Because mm-hmm. it made up a lot of the movie. And I didn't know this beforehand, but... It, this movie was based off of a book. Oh, yeah? That was written by an author. Um, his name is Robert Bloch. Bloch? Bloch? I want to say Bloch. Bloch sounds German. I don't know. Robert Bloch. You spell it. B-L-O-C-H. Bloosh? No, it's definitely not Bloosh. <laughs> I want to say Bloosh. No, I think it's Bloch. Roberto Bloosh. In 1959. Um, and the book was way more disturbing than yeah? the movie. Like, the studio was not chill with this becoming a movie. So it's like the whole American Psycho thing. Yes. Yeah, kind of. Because like, I, like I actually read American Psycho, and that book was not okay. So this is just like a trend with Psycho? Like, if you have Psycho in the, in the name, it has to be based off a book? Well, it's like things that you can't really put in a studio movie. Like, I read American Psycho, and there's some fucked up shit in there. He would knock out... We're about to get into disgusting territory here. He would knock out the teeth of, like, the women that he would bring back and murder. He would knock out their teeth, and then he would, like, stick his penis into their mouth of their, like, decapitated heads. He would, like, cut their heads this off This is American shit. Psycho, not Psycho. Yeah, this is not Psycho. This is American, <laughs> this is American Psycho. Because Americans are more fucked up than British people, clearly. 
I know. Oh, so Blue- I know he wasn't British, but Hitchcock. No, no, no. Hitchcock is British. Okay. okay. So. It, in, in your mind, this is a British film. In my mind, it's like a British film. I know okay, it's not, yeah. but because it's obviously it takes place in Arizona, California. But Arizona. Well, it doesn't really. It takes place on a fucking soundstage. He Hitchcock is famously known for not really liking doing outside shots. Yeah. Because you kind of have um, a lack of control of certain things. And he's a control freak. Yeah, he's a total fucking control freak. You take out rulers and like measure shit. <laughs> fucking OCD. <laughs> and ever he's kind of known for being an asshole, but he's a good filmmaker, so people just let him get away with stuff. But anyway, the book that it was based off of is like way more disturbing. There was like Satanism. Satanism. Yeah, and the part where Marion goes uh into the house and tries to talk to the mom, she finds like Satanist symbols and, like, books and shit. Okay. And then you find out that he has sex with his mom's corpse. Oh, yeah? He he was he was a necrophiliac. Okay, so we're just we're just done with, like, we're in spoiler territory. It's just... <laughs> yeah. It's too late now. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, well... It's a spoiler cast now. Just go, just go with it. Okay. So he has sex with his mom's corpse. Yeah, he has sex with his mom's corpse. Oh, God. It's very disgusting. Obviously, a studio's not gonna fucking make a movie <laughs> where that's a thing. I mean, nowadays, maybe. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, Back then, definitely not. Definitely not in 1960. And, um, the book itself was inspired by Ed Gein. Gein? I always pronounce his last name incorrectly. So, pick whichever one strikes your fancy. I feel like... (laughs) Ed Bush. Ed Bush is not his name. (laughs) Either Ed Gein or Ed Gein? Or Gein? Gein? No, not Gein. No, I'm gonna choose Gein. I like yeah. Gein. I like Ed Whichever Gein. one strikes your fancy, just just go ahead, because I fucking don't know how it's pronounced. Forgive me. I'm a terrible researcher, obviously. But he inspired a lot of other movies, probably the most famous being Signs of the Lambs and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. How do you, how do you, those are two completely different movies. How do you explain well, both of those? No, when you think about it, they're not. What, well, because cannibals? It has to do, both of them have to do with, like, skin and, like, taking skin off and stuff. Because Ed Gain was known for uh, removing the skin. He made, like, lampshades and, like, sofa covers and shit out of it. And he had. Oh, and that was, like, the whole time. And the whole movie. wearing um, the female genitals thing. Oh, also yeah, that, but that was, was that a sense of lambs? Yeah, that was sense of the lambs. Oh, okay. Oh, you don't yeah, remember yeah. the scene where it's in front yeah, of the mirror? The lotion. <laughs> Put the, the lotion, lotion on, on the skins. Oh, he gets the hose. But yeah, the part where he's in front of the mirror. Yeah, that part yeah. used to always freak me out because I was like, oh, God. Anyway. Um, so Paramount decided to give him a small budget because they were not fans of the source material, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, and they pretty much expected the movie to fail. They're like, this is going to be a flop. Really? Yeah, no one's going to see this movie. It's It was kind of just like a respect to Hitchcock as a director. They gave him a small little budget. They're like, not much is going to come out of it, you know? How much? Well, the film cost about 800000 to make. A small loan of $800,000. <laughs> so that's like, what? That's like two, three million? I, yeah. Let's see, if, if 40... I if guess 40, so. 40,000... I'm not great at math. <laughs> 40,000 was roughly three hundred. How many 40s are in 800? And then you just go from there. So it'd probably be like two, three, that's four about, million. Yeah, that's about maybe three million? Maybe three or four. Um, but it earned back about $40 million. Oh, shit. Right? 
Like at that time, forty million. At the time, forty million converted. No, at the time. Holy crap! That's crazy, right? Oh my god! Um, so it was a, it was a commercial success, actually. (laughs) Nobody thought that it was going to be successful, and it just kind of like blew up. And so, obviously, this is you know spoiler territory here. I already fucking spoiled some shit. My bad. No, Uh, it's it's a spoiler cast now. It's a spoiler cast now. This is the future spoiler cast. My bad. This is new to us, so we're we're figuring it out as we go. Um, And now I'm just gonna go into some like fun facts that I thought was interesting. The toilet wasn't a fun fact. It was a fun fact. I just (laughs) I thought it was historically significant. Historically significant. (laughs) So I decided to put toilets everywhere. For toilets everywhere (laughs) to be to have equal shown. Look, toilets. Screen time. Toilets need. They need um, equal rights too. You know. Equal rights on screens. Equal rights on screens. Great equal rights for toilets. Of Hollywood. Everywhere. So in the opening scene, uh, where she's you know laying in the bed with her boothang, and she's wearing a white bra. With the sandwich. And then I didn't actually. Yeah, with the sandwich. The sandwich. She yeah. didn't eat her sandwich. She didn't eat her sandwich. I was so upset. He was really. <laughs> Affected by that scene. I was like, "Why the hell do you?" Because the subtitles came in too early. Subtitles came in like. Because I have really bad hearing, so I have to put the subtitles on. Because I'm a grandma, <laughs> and the subtitles came in too early. Like, so like in the, the credits were you were watching coming the lion in. roar for what was it, MGM right? Uh, what was the lion roar? Pro? MGM. That's yeah, MGM. Yeah, underneath Paramount. Paramount yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> It just said like the sandwich. And you're he, not gonna eat your lunch. You're not gonna eat your sandwich. And we were like, "What the fuck?" I was already triggered. The was lion like, is telling me. <laughs> we were watching the opening like credits, the opening credits. With like the, the yeah, the, the sandwich. <laughs> I and like, I was like, "What the fuck?" This? You're really taking me out of this uh, scene here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so in the opening scene, she's wearing a white bra, and then I didn't really notice this until I looked this up later. But after she's taken the money. Um, she is wearing a black bra. Oh. So when she's, I think when she's like putting the stuff in her suitcase and stuff, yeah. and then from like here on the like out, she's wearing like black underwear. Oh, okay. So it's like before she was like angelic and pure, she didn't do anything bad, she and then milk. There's milk. In the <laughs> We're gonna talk about milk later, and then she. And Hitchcock is really obsessed with milk, and I have a conspiracy theory about that, but we'll get into that later. And then after she steals the money, she has a black underwear. And then it's the same thing for the purse. At the beginning, she has a white purse. Mm-hmm. And then after she steals the money, she has a black purse. Oh, shit. I didn't notice that until I looked that up. And then I was like, huh. Okay. And the uh, the amount of cash that Marion stole was $40,000 um, in 1960, which would be equivalent to approximately, like, 315000 which we, we pretty much had already established. Yeah. To today's standards, it would be. And then the uh, the seven hundred dollar difference that she paid when she was like during the car scene. Yeah, she bought a car for seven hundred bucks. Yeah, I know. I was like, what? what? She's like, like, hey, like, let me trade in this car, and, let me get, and he's like, all right, trade in the car, seven hundred dollars. I, like, I know. I'm like modern times. I'm just like, what? The my fuck? insurance payment a month. I know. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And so yeah, she basically paid for a car it was seven hundred dollars. But today that would be about five thousand five hundred dollars in today's money. So. Dear God, that's kind of a big difference. Um, and then another fun fact that a lot of people, I feel, kind of know at this point is that chocolate syrup was used because it was it showed well on camera for the blood it really scenes. Did. Um, and it did. It looked really good. I didn't really think that it wasn't blood. It looked like blood to me, personally. 
Yeah, especially when he's washing his hands in the in the sink and everything. You could see like the streaks of it, and when he's like trying to wipe it, and he's had it on his hands and everything. But I thought that was really interesting. And uh, what's really weird is that people, when they would come out of the movie and discuss their experiences with it, they would talk about how they remember like the redness of the blood. Oh yeah. Even though it was a black and white film, it was like a Mandela effect. Like, yeah, it's, they weren't remembering it correctly. Yeah, they, it's what they wanted to believe. Mm-hmm. It's what they saw. It's because it was so vivid that they like. It's almost like they did experience it. Yeah, for with, that time, that was probably like insane. It they was. Were, they were probably shocked. Like what? It was, and we'll get into that later about you know culturally the effects of that movie and we'll, we'll talk about movies like it that did come out at the same time but didn't have the same effect because i guess of the commercialness of this movie because this is underneath paramount studios this isn't just like an indie film right um even though it had like an indie budget at the time i mean yeah it had a small budget but this is this is hitchcock right who is an established director at this point and Psycho did, you know, it catapulted his career, but he still had a career before this. He wasn't just a nobody, you know. So the film is in, entirely in black and white, which is actually kind of an ode to a French film called um, Diabolique. Um, do you like my French accent? Diabolique. Diabolique. <laughs> delicious. A French film that Hitchcock wanted to adapt, but he couldn't get the rights because somebody else already had purchased the rights to it. And, like... It was legitimately, like, hours between. Like, he was yeah. trying to buy the rights to this movie, and some other guy came in and snatched it up, like, like maybe an hour before. What if that guy was, like, Albert Hitchcock's, like, rival? And he was, I know, ah, right? I heard that you wanted this. Diabolique. I'll get you next time. <laughs> I got you, Hitchcock. Oh, God. But to be honest with you, he says that, but I feel like mostly the black and white was to cut costs. Probably. And to get past censors for the graphic depictions, excuse me, depictions of violence. Right. Because he thought that if it was in black and white, it would be less shocking, which kind of makes sense. It doesn't desensitize. It was, it was tasteful, man. <laughs> it doesn't desensitize the shower scene, but it does make it seem more. I think it would have been way more vivid, and kind of, I don't know, taken away from the scene if it was in color, if that makes sense. I can't really imagine it any other way. It would be a lot less art house-y. I, I know that they did and a... You would see the chocolate syrup. <laughs> that would be so stupid. Like, why is her blood like, yeah, brown I know. and black? Like, why is her blood brown? <laughs> oh, but then you could obviously clearly see the milk. <laughs> the milk. Yeah. But, um, they actually did make a, like, a color version. Did they? Yeah, they did. Was it good? No, a lot of people hated uh, it. Can you see the, the chocolate? What do you mean? Like, in the blood sink, can you see the chocolate? I'm sure that they actually restored that part and made it look like blood. That sucks, I wanted to see, like, the brown chocolate. I think that would have been pretty ridiculous. I to see the Hershey's bottle in the background. I think that would have been, uh, rather ridiculous if... They just kept the fucking syrup. She's like an alien. <laughs> that was the secret of the whole film. She was an alien the whole um, time. Yeah, it'd be like a theory. Like, like, an you can see here That's that her why blood, her blood was fucking brown. He was the savior of Earth. He kept killing a bunch of, like, <laughs> Oh, no, that's why he, um, he thought that he was his mom, because it was, like, a vessel, and, like, his real body was, like, something else. Oh, shit. 
you know? I wouldn't hurt a fly. Maybe he was a fly. Wait, what? I don't know. <laughs> trying to trying to coerce too many movies in the I know. I'm gonna link it into the fly now. <laughs> this is a good movie though. <sighs> okay, so and then uh another thing that I didn't realize was that Hitchcock and John Russell John Russell was the director of photography for this movie. Um they used two two separate cameras for like their two shots instead of resetting for different angles. Which wasn't really typically used in theatrical releases. That was more of a television thing where mm-hmm. you would use two separate cameras. So like usually when it's a two shot you'll like reset. Right. On the other side, but they just use two separate cameras which just the attention to detail because to me it looked like it was in like the same exact like framing and placement but on the other side right so that kind of like surprised me i also like how like organic the camera moved yeah from what i've realized it's kind of like a vr experience but with camera because like the camera follows them Mm -hmm. it's not still like it's not shaky but it wiggles a little and it, like, follows whatever action is. I think you described it when we were watching it, that the camera always follows the action. Yeah, I... When I was watching it, I don't remember what you asked me. You asked me a question, and I was like, well, it's following the movement. Like, the camera is going with what the actors are doing. Right. It's it's a better way to storytell, because it makes it very clear and concise. So when she puts shit on the table, if the camera follows her to show you she's putting something on the table, the camera's not just stationary, like, in the corner. Right. Like, you know, while she's walking. The only points of the movie where it was stationary was either the actors were stationary, or it was, like, a bird's-eye view. Yeah. Which was purposeful. Oh, you like, the... When you were in the in the house scene, with yeah, the we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, I really liked the part that there was a lot of movement to it. The action went, the camera went with the action and the flow of the scene. It wasn't like disconnected. It just felt really like organic to yeah. me. Another thing, another little fun fact is that there are several references to birds in this film. Obviously, Marion's heard. Her last name is Crane, which is a bird. Mm-hmm. Um, Norman's hobby is stuffing birds. And he, in that scene where he brings her the sandwich and the milk, he comments that she eats like a bird. Yes. <laughs> and then Hitchcock's next film was The Birds in 1963. He was, like, dropping hints. Dropping little hints. And also, it takes place in some of it, majority of it, where she's from. Phoenix, Arizona. <gasps> Another bird. Another bird. Lots a of birds. bird. And also, uh, if you look in the room, uh, the hotel number, the excuse me, room number one, where Mary Crane is staying, there are pictures of birds on the wall. And I don't know if this is purposeful, but when Norma Bates finds out that she's murdered, he goes into the room, he recoils from shock, he knocks down the bird painting. Oh, yeah. The bird I noticed picture. that. I'm not sure if that was purposeful. Or he just kind of did it, and they just left it in because they thought it was interesting. Or if it was, like, a mistake. But, I don't know. I thought, I don't know if that was trying to be symbolic, or they left it in by accident, but I thought that was a little interesting tidbit there. And then another thing I found out that was kind of fucked up (laughs) was that Hitchcock would, like, prop up the test, like, mommy mannequin doll, like, the dead. It was, like, a disgusting corpse. The disgusting corpse. He would, like, prop her up and set her in places to scare Janet Leigh, who plays Marion Crane. 
Um, and then depending on her reaction, it would, like, help him decide which version of the dummy he would use. So he was like, I want you to be scared. Yeah. Like, real scared. <laughs> so depending on how fucking scared she was, what kind of scream she, like, gave out, he'd be like, oh, that's the one. Like, she was real scared of that one. Let's use that. Let's, let's use that motherfucker. That's a, that's a good one. That's fucked up, man. I mean, directors tend to do that. Well, they did that in The Exorcist, too, right? They made, oh, like, God. Room, it's like, nothing compared to The Exorcist. He tortured his fucking actors. He turned down the temperatures in the rooms to, like, fucking hypothermic level. Oof. Like, they were freezing cold. He, I don't know if this is true or if it's a rumor, but apparently he also shot off a gun in, um... Oh, yeah, I heard about that. The priest's face. The man who plays the priest. I, his name is escaping shot me. Shot off, like, a prop gun. Yeah, he shot off, like, a prop gun, like, in his face or something, like, right before the take. And the guy was, like, about to shit his pants. He was scared. He wanted that fear. And he's like, I wanted the fear to be real. And the guy was like, I'm a fucking actor. Like, you're hiring me to act. <laughs> let me act. Just let me act. Which, um, Hitchcock was famous for, like, his interpretation of directing was like, you're an actor, I hired you to act... So if I have to direct you, it means you're not doing your job right. That was basically the way that he saw it. So he kind of, like, gave his actors freedom to do what they have to do. And he was like, you know, if I respect you as an actress, I'm just going to let you act. If I have to come in and tell you what to fucking do, it means you're doing something wrong. Right. So he was kind of a control freak, but at the same time, when it came to acting, he was like... You know, if you're a good actress or actor, I'm just going to let you fucking do your thing. I'm going to tell you what the scene is, and then you just got to be the character. Yeah, you just got to be the character. And Janet Lee actually was nominated for an Academy Award, and she won a Golden Globe for her performance. Wow. Despite being killed off pretty early into the film. I mean, she did a really fucking good yeah, job. Yeah, I mean, everyone in this movie, the acting was really good. And you say it was, like, early in the film, but she was she lasted halfway to the movie. Just about an hour the movie's only, in like, maybe? what? How long is the movie? Like an oh, hour? like an hour, like, 30 or 40 minutes. So, there was only 30, 40 minutes, but she's not in the movie. Yeah. The only actor where Hitchcock actually, like, vocally complained about was the boyfriend. Yeah? I can't recall his name. He wasn't really that memorable. But I didn't think he was bad. He was just okay. He wasn't bad. He wasn't really, like, memorable or anything. He was alright. He didn't really have to do much. Yeah, no, it was like he wasn't in the movie that long. He has to pose shirtless in the beginning. He has to yell at the guy to take a break. Then he has to talk to Norman. He just had to be hot, basically. Yeah. That was his purpose of the film. It had to be a piece of meat. <laughs> he had to be eye candy. And then, you know, I feel very stupid, but I didn't realize that Janet Lee's actually the mother to Jamie Lee Curtis. And her dad is Tony Curtis of Spartacus and Some Like It Hot fame. Oh, shit. I didn't realize that. And they actually, um... That's so cute that she gave birth to another scream queen. I know, right? I was like, they're both scream queens. That's so cute. That's so sweet. And then another thing that I actually commented on during the movie was that critics hated the ending. Really? They fucking hated the ending. Not the ending where he's sitting in the chair... Because that part was badass. Yeah, no, that part's badass. Everybody loves that. The part where the fucking explanation of Bates' illness, like, the psychiatrist goes into this, like, long-winded fucking, like, conversation. Oh, that was cool. No, that part was fucking stupid. I no? hated it. Hitchcock hated it, too. He fucking hated it. I liked it. He thought it was unnecessary. It was droll. It was boring. I liked it. Um, it was literally put in because the studio thought there should be more of an explanation 
But to be honest with you, it wasn't needed. It's kind of better, like, it wasn't not needed, knowing. But I liked it. Makes it better, almost. And it, I don't know, it give like it builds up for the for the next scene. I wouldn't hurt a fly. No, I really liked it better if they were just they were in the office and then then cut to the police officer saying, "Can I get him a blanket?" You didn't need all the explanation. It's better not knowing sometimes. It, it makes it scarier almost because you're like, "Why? Why did he do that?" Why does he think that his mother's inside of him? What's wrong with him? And then you just don't say. It's somehow better. Because your mind can make up sometimes even worse conclusions. Something scarier, you know? His mother possessed him. That's the thing about horror. Like, sometimes it's better or more effective the things that you don't see and they don't tell you that you can just come up with in your head. Because the director's responsibility for a horror thriller film is to, like, create the template and build the suspense. And, like, you don't want to blow your load too early, so to speak. Like, you don't want to... Unless you got more loads to blow. You don't want to orgasm too early. The build-up is the most important part, just like sex, which is true. Because if you don't have the appropriate build-up, if you didn't have all that tension pre-shower scene, it wouldn't have been worth it. You know? Mm-hmm. But I digress. Um, the film actually was met with mixed reviews. Uh, but it was making bank at the box office, which caused them to reconsider that later. Um, and was eventually met with critical acclaim. But what the f- No, no, no. I kind of understand why it was met with mixed reviews. So these critics hated it until they were like, oh, people like it. Oh, let me change my Yeah, kind of. No. <laughs> they're like, well, maybe there's merit. <laughs> oh, they maybe. just They didn't see merit in it because they're like, oh, he's just trying to shock people, just trying to cause controversy. They don't even see nudity. Hmm? They don't even see nudity. Oh, because there's no way it would have been, they would have allowed the movie to be released if there was. That's true. There's no way. But like, shock value, really? I guess for the time... It was shocking for the time. Right, but I mean, like, the fact that... Okay, if you think that people in the 50s and early 60s had never seen a toilet in a movie, you really think they would have seen shit like this? No, I'm just saying, because, like, it wasn't only a shock movie. It's not like a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah, it's not like a Rob Zombie movie. I would understand if it was, but... Or Green Inferno, where it's just for shock. I mean, I think his attention was to shock people, but on the whole, like, he is a movie maker. And he is a good movie maker. He makes excellent movies. I love Hitchcock. Like, I know that he's kind of an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And he does some fucking weird shit. And there's this controversy with women and the way he treats them. But as a filmmaker, he's a good filmmaker. Right, if you you take away his person. He makes good movies. Like, I love Kanye West music. I just don't like the guy. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. So I just separate him. I, I love Hitchcock's movies. He's so great at building suspense and uh, his use of film technique. And, I mean, I think Vertigo is one of the first films where they used widescreen or, like, panoramic or... I forget the term. It was the first time they'd use that, like, in a film. Yeah? Like, so, he was groundbreaking. So he was a pioneer of the panoramic. He's a fucking pi- pioneer, man. He's a fucking badass. He's a, pi- a fucking pirate, man. He's a pirate. <laughs> He's a pirate. He a pioneering pirate. He was a pioneering pirate. <laughs> a very old, chubby, cute, pioneering pirate. Sexist, apparently. He, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he was a product of his time, but yeah. So, 
And then afterwards, I didn't realize this either, but CBS actually purchased the television rights um, to the film, but three days before it was scheduled to be cast on air, yeah. the daughter of a Senate, uh, excuse me, Senate candidate was brutally murdered. What? With a knife. She was stabbed a dozen times. Oh, so they blamed the movie. No, they were just like, it doesn't seem appropriate oh, okay. to be putting that on air when you're going to be watching the news and seeing it'd be like the a, horrific real-life murder of someone. It'd be like releasing the first season of American Horror Story after the Douglas shooting. It's just bad taste. Or I guess that episode, rather. Right, that episode. Because the whole season's not about it. It's just that episode show. They'll probably like, hint Well, I guess if you want to bring that up, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right. I don't know if you guys are fans, I mean... This is a nerd podcast, so I would hope that you guys know about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll be able to do a series on it, or maybe, like, a one little podcast, because it's my favorite show, because I'm a fucking nerd. I love Buffy. We call it the Buffy Buffet. I love Buffy. We call it the Buffy Buffet. She's my hero. Um, but yeah, if you want to talk about that, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, there's an episode where he was going to... She thinks that he's going to commit a school shooting. Right. And he brings a gun. But he was really just going up there to kill himself. Uh, but it literally aired, like, right around the time that Columbine happened. Ooh. Or they were going to air it, excuse right, me. Right. Like, around the time that Columbine happened. So they had to push the episode. They were like, we can't air this right now. Yeah, like, we gotta it's wait. It's not right. Oh, God. <laughs> I know, that would have been so bad. But it's kind of like like fiction becoming reality kind of a thing right like whedon was touching on things that people weren't talking about and things that he thought we should have a conversation on and then that happened you know do you think that like maybe something would have changed if he aired it like a couple weeks in advance i don't know i don't I'm, think so yeah, but i don't think like buffy had that far of a reach as good as buffy i mean it was, was. a really popular show for right, its but do you time think it had like reach do you think but, it had like I don't think that people took it seriously at that point. Yeah, no. It was just, you know, a fun little thing. They, they didn't really get into the serious conversations until later seasons. Or to- the mom episode. Oh, think. God, the mom episode. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. All right, go back to this. Go back to this. Okay. So, yeah, there was obviously a delay. They had to delay because that was kind of an inappropriate timing to right. be airing something like that. Did they ever make the... They did air it later, I believe. What was it called? Was it Bates Motel or some shit? Huh? Like, because this is, you said the CBS purchased the television rights for the film for a second. Oh, no, 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 sweetie. They purchased the rights to CBS to show the film. Oh. You okay. know what I'm saying? All right. So, like, when you. Okay, I, I, heard, I misunderstood that. I thought, like, they made, like, a TV show. Oh. And I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, their Bates Motel came later, and then I believe there was actually a show before that as well. But, no. They're saying, like, to air the the movie. Okay. Like, on TV. And it's kind of hard not to mention, when you're talking about Psycho, the film Peeping Tom by Michael Powell, which I'm a huge fan of. I really like that movie. Peeping it's Tom? It's really gross, but... Actually, I actually haven't seen Peeping Tom. It's way worse than Psycho. Oh, yeah? It's what year was it so made? Enjoyed. The same exact year. Yeah? It literally... But that was more of a shock movie. It came out, like, three months before okay. Psycho did. Um, and it's it's also a... Sla- it's more of a slasher film than Psycho is. I don't consider sla- uh, Psycho a slasher film. I consider it a movie that has a slasher scene. Two? Mm, two slasher scenes. He, like, he also yeah. goes after the detective. But P.P. Tom is, like, a slasher film. 
Um, and it was it was completely destroyed by critics and censors. What, Pepping Tom? Yeah. That sucks. Because it was just... It was, like, bad. Uh, it, no, it was it's a good movie. No, right, right, right. But like, it was pushing the boundaries way harder than Psycho was. It wasn't, like, tiptoeing on the line like Psycho. It was just rolling no, all over No, there's, it. like... He, like, kidnaps, like, sex workers and, like... Oh, yeah. There's... It's it's a lot of shit. There's this... I, we'll talk about it maybe later, but it's pretty crazy film. And to be honest with you, the movie kind of might have been necessary in order for critics to receive Psycho the way they did. Pepping Tom? It was like a stepping stone. So it was like the older brother to the little brother. Like, kind of. The older of. brother was already rebel. Peeping... Tom was the rebel, and yeah. it was a shock. He was the one then, who broke out of the nest. Yeah, and then there was Psycho. And then you know. Psycho was a little brother. It was just like, can I do that too? And the parents were already tired. So, like, yeah, fuck so they're like, okay. <laughs> just, just go. I guess. It's good enough. You're not as bad as pepping Tom over there. <laughs> and then the, um, in the shower scene, I didn't realize that there were so many camera angles and cuts. Yeah. There were 77. This lady was naked. You don't see anything. <laughs> this lady was buck-ass naked. That surprise was really Whoa. interesting. I wanted to see a titty. I was like, <laughs> the entire time I was like, where's the titty at? Nothing. You they don't actually, see anything. They, when they did the pre-screening or whatever, not the pre-screening, but you know when they like submit for... To, you? No, no, to make sure that this can be like shown in theaters. Oh, okay, yeah. Not a pre-screening, but... Pre-review or whatever. I forgot what the term is. Let me think. So he had to make sure that people were, the studio was going to be okay with it. And they were like, no, I think I saw a titty. There was a titty. No, nothing. And then he like, he basically was like, okay, I'll fix it. And then he actually didn't do anything to it. And then he submitted it again. And they were like, oh, it's okay now. (laughs) (laughs) Like he literally didn't even touch it. And they were were just like, okay, the titty's not there anymore. (laughs) It's because they want to see a titty. Uh, Me. (laughs) I was scanning so hard. You don't see anything. just wanted to see a titty. I wanna, like, I'm like, I want to see... What, what, what year was this movie made? 1960. I want to see a 1960s titty. That's what I wanted to see. Right there. You think it's different from 2018 titties? Yeah, it's a different titty. <laughs> it's a whole different bra support what system. The fuck? They, they have their milk back there. That they was real milk. They did have pointy boobies back then. See? All the pointy bras. I wanted to see a triangle-ass titty. Ew, what the fuck? <laughs> triangle? Like, goes no, upwards the instead of out? The most tasteful nudes in horror movie. Like, <laughs> I mean, she wasn't actually completely naked, but her body double, I feel like for most of it, like, her fucking little titty cover things would get knocked off. What, the pasties? Her little pasty things. Nah, pasties are on there with adhesive, my dude, you know? No, like, because the water was just consistently pouring, so, like, I'm pretty sure that came off at a certain point. And she was just like, just go ahead. Didn't Albert Hitchcock, like, measure her nipple to the camera? I don't know if it's true, but that's what I heard, is that he literally took, like, a tape measure or a ruler and measured from her nipple to the camera. Was he at least, like, polite? Did he, like, run the tape measure before, before it touched her nipple? (laughs) Maybe. He was like, there's gonna be no titties shown in this movie. We were walking the line. Zero titty. But he's like... Was there nudity movies back then? No, right? I mean, kind of, maybe? Maybe foreign films? Foreign films, probably. I can't think of any from the 50s that have, like, straight-up nudity in it. Maybe if you guys, you listeners, could think of any movies from the 50s, like, pre-Psycho... Yeah, feed my... That has, like, complete nudity in it. Feed my perversion. I want to see yes, some 50s Yes, please titties. feed our perversion. Let us know. The 50s titties. <laughs> if there are some 50s titties. <laughs> I'm trying to think of Peeping Tom and if there's, like, actual nudity. And Pepping Tom? But I haven't seen that movie in so long that I just can't remember. 
We gotta watch it. Yeah, we should watch it. But yeah, so I, uh, the scene had 77 different camera angles and 50 cuts, which took them seven days to film for only 45 seconds of Are the you movie. Are you kidding? Seven days? <laughs> yeah, seven the one, days. She wasn't even screaming. She was just screaming at the fucking shot. Right? She was She's like, like ah! fuck you! Not that I mean, fucking killed. Like, I'm just so dumb. Oh, and by the way, that's a total myth that the water was cold and that he did it on purpose to get her to scream. It was warm water the whole time. They yeah. made sure the water was warm and that she was comfortable and that she was okay. Like, Janet Lee talks about her her experiences on the film. She said it was mostly positive. Okay. She said she had a good time. They made sure she no, was, like, taking care of Except when he scared me with that stupid dummy. Like, <laughs> yeah, she was like, he kept scaring me. Fucking dummy. <laughs> yeah, can you believe only 45 seconds of a fucking movie and it takes you seven days? Um, I believe it. Like, that was the pinnacle. I mean, that movie, I mean, that scene was really well made. It was well shot. Fucking, like, it, it was naked. You see anything. But I know. You, you can clearly tell that she got stabbed and dead. Yeah. And they was... purposefully walk the line and, like, they show him putting the knife towards, but you never see it, like, actually inserted. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was crazy. And my favorite part of it is the angle, or I guess shot, where it's, like, focused on the drain and then it, like, turns into her eye. Yeah, that was cool. I love that shot so much. I also like how you noticed, how you said it before, where, like, it's, you, you only hear the running water until uh, Norman discovers the body. It's just... It's just quiet. It's just quiet. That's, yeah. It's, like, the calm after the storm. That's a thing. Exactly. And, uh, I also like the famous part where she reaches out her hand like that. Oh, yeah, when she's dying. Grab she's like, the uh, curtain and it just goes... She's like, it's too brute. And like, because, yeah. like, that was the scene where it was, like, st- still kind of going. She has her hand reached out. And then once she grabs the curtain, it goes... It's like nothing. Yeah. You know? It's like nothing happened. <clears throat> and then you see, like, Mama Bates, like, Mama. <laughs> coming towards yeah, the curtain. Like, and there she ooga boogas away. <laughs> it's like Jaws. She's like, like hello, bitch. <laughs> and stabs the fuck at her. And she's like, whoa. <laughs> like three stooges style away. Good was, morning, bitch. Yeah, you know, I was like, "What's going on?" Oh god! Oh, I, I, like I knew that was that actually wasn't Anthony Perkins. That was that wasn't Norman. No, Bates. he was scared that that you was... would be able to recognize him. So he had to hide. That was somebody still a it. dude. It looked like a dude. I was like, that has to be Norman. It was either like a really big lady, it was, or it was like, another guy. It was a very blocky person in that he dress. Was, he was really scared that people would recognize it. He was trying to shield people from the ending of this so bad. Because yeah, it was a, it was a twist. He what was a, like, what a twist. yeah. He was like, I do not want people to know the ending of this film. Like, please, please, no spoilers. Too late. I know. <laughs> And then, again, like I said earlier, where he was letting his actors kind of have, like, free reign. Um, yeah, I remember watching it, and I was like, what the fuck is Anthony Perkins putting in his mouth? Oh, the candy? You know, and, like, yeah, and, like, various scenes, he's just kind of, like, putting shit in his mouth. I was like, what the fuck is he eating? He's just eating. He's eating candy corn. Yeah? I didn't know that. Is that candy corn? Apparently, that was just Anthony Perkins. He was just doing that. He just likes candy corn. So when you see him nibbling on things, when he's nervous, it's candy corn. Oh. Especially when he's talking to the P.I. Mm-hmm. He's eating a lot of it then. And then he also at- eats it in the scene where the car's going down into, like, the tar pit thing. Or, like, the mud. And, yeah, that was just his own choice. Huh. I don't know if it's because he actually was nervous or he thought that maybe he wanted to add a little, like, extra tick in there. I mean, it worked. Yeah, it and made it, him... Like, it made him, like, more innocent sounding. Yeah. He was just eating candy. And then Andre actually noticed... 
this shot, which a lot of people don't notice at the end of the movie. Oh, the skull? The Yeah, the superimposed oh, the... three elements. It's People fail to notice this. Really? But I'm really proud that you noticed it. Because I noticed it. He had, like, the fucking skull old lady face. Yeah, it's the frame of the human skull of Norman Bates' mom. Like, on top of his face. And then it goes into the shot of the chain pulling the car with Marion's body out of the, like, tar, mud, swamp thing. Yeah. And, like, the chain is precariously, like, placed so that it's, like, moving through where the heart would have been. Like, Norman and his mom's heart. Yeah. So it's, like, showing that they're, like, tied together. Like, they're still connected. Artsy-fartsy. I know, right? I got the eye for it. I'm so proud. Oh, thank you. No, but fuck, because, I mean, it's really hard not to... I don't know how people didn't notice, because I guess... It happens really fast. Yeah, but, like, you're... you're there's a whole scene, the pinnacles, that it's, it's even, like, slightly zooming into his face. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know, like, I wanted to make eye contact with him. I'm like, this is fucking intense. I wanted, I'm, like, reading his expression. It was really good. And then it just changed, and I was like, oh, shit. I guess people were, like, looking away. Because it was maybe. a pretty intense, Because like, they scene. were uncomfortable, maybe. Yeah, because, like... But it does happen quite quickly. He's, he's, like... So maybe you just think that... Like, you blink or something? You just blink, and you're like, huh, what was like, that? Yeah, like, what the fuck? You know? What, what was that? So I attribute my great eyes to video games. Play more video games. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if Donald Trump's pulling up these points that video games make you violent. I don't care. You know, Apparently, video games. you notice <laughs> film better. Yeah, you just notice if you play video games. So, dear listeners, please, <laughs> video games will save your life. Fellow nerdlings, please. Fellow nerdlings. <laughs> and then you know, I looked up how much they were paid just because I was curious, and it was kind of no surprise that she was paid less than Anthony Perkins. Yeah. Like not just because she was in the movie less, but she's a woman, so. She's not going to be paid this month. She made $25,000, which, I mean, she wasn't in the movie that long, so it's pretty good. Um, But she's more of a movie star than Anthony Perkins is at this point, though. Perkins really wasn't in that movie that long. Um, And he made $40,000, which is exactly the amount that Marion Crane stole. Oh, shit. Which is interesting. And then, as I was watching the film, I, like, really wanted to know how they did those high shots... Yeah. I was so fascinated. I was there's like, a, how a, the fuck did they do that? The, the shots the where... Yeah, where Arbogast gets killed or and when he... Bates carries his mom down the stairs. Did they have rigs? They then? hang the... Ca- they Excuse me. They hung uh-huh. the camera from rails in the ceiling. They put the camera in a cage. I fucking knew it. And then they hung the cage from the ceiling. Like, from the be. rafters. There had to be some sort of rig. Because yeah. I was like, what the fuck? But it was seamless. I know, it was really cool. I love that part. Also, I don't know, I don't know, what was the guy's name, the, the P.I.? Arbogast. Yeah, Arbogast. Fucking weird name. When he, like, fell down the stairs, I don't know how they did that, that was crazy. Oh, oh I'll tell you. He was, like, moonwalking down the stairs. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's insane. It does look really, really bizarre. <laughs> so the shot of him falling backwards down the stairs was, like, a shot of the actor. His name is Martin Balsam. Um, so he's sitting stationary and, like, waving his arms like he's losing balance, and it's just in front of a screen. Okay. Like, projecting the shot. And the dolly's just, like, moving down the stairs. So it's a screen behind him. Okay, okay. And he's just like, Whoa, I'm falling down the stairs! Stuff like this is more interesting for older movies, because newer movies are just like, oh, it's just CGI. I know, right? Like, oh, whatever. But when like, I watch oh, older like, movies, fuck? yeah, I'm like, how did they do that? Like, how? There's no special effects. Yeah, there's no, there's no CGI, really. There's nothing. It's well, magic. How the fuck did they do that? So that's how they did it. That's cool. I mean, like... Some, like, ghetto-ass CGI because they put him, like, in a screen. 
We'll we'll get to this later, but I will tell you what I would have done differently if I did that scene. So I would have made him straight up moonwalk. <laughs> like he had a detective hat, he just would have <laughs> No. I I'm gonna tell you guys later. So but next we're gonna go into like symbolism for the movie. Okay. So there's the boys. There's the birds. Andre, would you like to touch on what you think the birds might be symbolic for? Um, apparently, according to Norman Bates, uh, the birds, they eat a lot. So he called that lady fat. Like, <laughs> after that, he, like, saw her, and he was like, you eat like a bird, but they eat a lot, so you should, like, watch your <laughs> Dude, that's fucked up. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. That's not symbolic, Andre. He's like, oh, you eat like a bird. Well, I, actually, birds eat a lot, so. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? He's like, you fat. <laughs> You fat fat. bitch. I was like, Jesus. I was like, what a dick. This is why you only talk to your mother. (laughs) This is why your mom loves you. He's the only only person to love you. Holy crap. (laughs) Um, I always saw it as like predator versus prey, especially in the shots where there's like two different kinds of shots where it's focused in on his face during the scene where they're eating the sandwich and the milk, and then one of them shows is like it's like an owl, which is a predator. Yeah, which is a predator, and then. Once he, like, started to get, like, intense, but, like, low... Like, his mood is, like, lowered. It's a different kind of a bird. Wasn't it a crow? It looked like a raven. Yeah, like a raven? Or something of that sort. Ravens are scavengers, though. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know if it was purposeful, but I just think it maybe has something to do with, like, a predator versus prey kind of thing. Makes sense. She's the prey. He's the predator. But he's not being portrayed as one. Like, you, they don't make it seem like he is a predator it's like he is also prey because they're both prey he they say they fall into these traps that they yeah, can't get out of the traps and they just, they specifically use the term traps the which i thought traps. was interesting so it's like they're both prey in a sense it's like he's not even actually a predator i also like how like um i forgot her name the lady who dies in the beginning marion marion i like how she's an unreliable narrator she like has these like things of like what's probably happening. Like, oh yeah, I really like that. He and, like, added the scenes where she's in the car. You mean? Yeah, and she's like, like imagining like what. But you, you don't know if it's true. Mm-hmm. The entire movie, she's just straight up lying. And then fucking uh, when she says she's gonna go back, you don't know if she's actually gonna do that. Yeah. But like she has this like cleansing scene in the shower where she's like laughing or smiling or yeah, something. she's like smiling and happy. So you kind of are like. Is she gonna go back? Mm-hmm. So, like, Apparently there's a lot of, like, Greek mythology symbolism to that. Like, she's supposed to be Persephone or something. Yeah? But I, <laughs> I like, started to so, read it. Because, like, the drain is supposed to be, like, the octopuses are or something. I, dude, I started reading this theory, and I was like, this is too ridiculous. <laughs> wait, is it, like, does that mean that, like, Mama Bates was Kronos and was just like, I'm gonna fucking... <laughs> Some I'm shit. Like, I'm gonna eat you. <laughs> Some shit like that. Get I was like, I don't know about this. I'm kind of gonna tap out on this whole Greek mythology theory. It was too long-winded. But also, like, the birds could also be, like, freedom versus feeling constricted. So, like... I like stuffing birds. Well, I always took that as a sexual thing. Stuffing birds? Yeah. yeah. I always took that as sexual in nature, like, he's stuffing. And I think in England stuffing the bird or like stuffing a bird is like a vulgar slang for having sex stuffing the bird yeah. so yeah. i think that it was supposed to be like sexual i'm gonna use that now and like he wanted to fuck her like so bad i was with my old, i was with you know i was with my my woman 
with stuff in the bird. <laughs> oh god. Sounds like she's like penetrating me. <laughs> Ew, okay. And they both have they both have things in common though. Like they're both running away from something. Yeah. They both want things that they shouldn't or can't have. I think maybe the part where he does knock over the picture of the bird, it's like something like breaks inside of him. The bird that he tried to stuff. <laughs> oh god. No more. The stifling of his mother, I guess. And then reflection is also another theme that's used often in this uh, film, especially with Janet Lee. Um, kind of inferring that she's like introspectively like taking a look at her own actions. She feels remorse for taking the money. So when she looks in the mirror, it's like a self-judgment. Also, mighty fucking nice of her boss to not immediately call the cops. I know, right? He was just like, I'll give her a second chance. He was like, she's hot. Yeah, That's you. fine. Pretty people make mistakes. Yeah, you know? Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. If it was my other assistant, though. <laughs> that's, that's so mean, but that's probably true. Like, I felt so bad for the other lady, because she's like, oh, he probably just saw my wedding ring. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's not that the other chick's hotter than you. I'm sorry. Yeah, but like, he was literally didn't even call the cops the cops on oh, my favorite part he's like you guys didn't fucking report it i was like yeah why didn't you report that like you can report it just not press charges he just felt bad for her i guess what the fuck? maybe he wanted to fuck her oh I don't know. she knows she's underpaid like, <laughs> oh, i guess it'll be fine just a slap on the wrist oh god but then in regards to the mirror um if you notice there are no scenes where norman is shown in a mirror oh yeah there's no sh- there's no scenes. Because he doesn't have a reflection. Or how crazy would it be? If no, we- not that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say he's not taking a look at his actions. Like he's not acknowledging the fact that he's killing people. He's hurting people. It's him. It's not his mom. Right. You know, he's not taking a cold, hard look at himself. He's too devolved in his psychosis. It's it's there's no turning back. Okay. But if you notice, it's not just Mary Crane that's shown in a mirror. Her sister also gets shown in a mirror when she gets scared by her own reflection. Oh yeah. So a lot of, pretty much most of the other actors in the film are shown in a mirror to a certain extent, but Norman Bates is never shown in a mirror. How crazy would it be if like he he's like shown in a mirror in the background, like a small mirror, but you see his mom? Oh, that would be so freaky. That'd be so. Oh, funny. that would be so cool. Um, and I also didn't realize that the painting that he takes off the wall to creep on her, um, is Susanna and the Elders. What is that? That is a great punk rock band. You ever heard of Susanna and the Elders? <laughs> Actually, it does sound like a good name for, like, an album. <laughs> <laughs> you ever, I love Susanna and the Elders. No, it sounds like a folk group, Susanna and the Elders. Oh, that's true, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with biblical things or things related to the Bible, but... Susanna and the Elders is a tale of two old men that are spying on Susanna, a lady bathing, and then basically they blame her for, like, putting herself in that position, so they're like, how dare you take off your clothes to take a bath? What the fuck? <laughs> like, oh, you are making me want to rape you. Like, what the fuck? It's like, yeah, I'm gonna blackmail you. So they're like, oh, we're gonna tell everyone that you were gonna meet with this dude. Fuck him. And if you don't let us have sex with you, because you are naked. What the fuck? You are naked. Was this in the Bible? Yes. But yeah, that kind of really turned me off. I was like, oh, great. They're like, you're naked. We want to rape you. We want to have sex with you. 
So you can't tell anybody. And she's like, what the fuck, man? I'm just bathing. Like, what is your problem? Do you wear clothes when you bathe? You fucking weirdos. You wear your fucking weird robes and shit. You just get into the bath and you're like, oh, yep. Nobody's going to see my pee-pee today. (laughs) Not even me. They're not going to be able to see how small it is, apparently. Uh, Shots fired. Yeah. Essentially, they tub to blackmail her and rape her. Which is kind of coincidental to him creeping on a woman who's getting into the shower. So. Until Mama Bates comes. Until Mama Bates comes in. She's like, how dare you creep on this lady? Yeah, booga, booga. She's sh- just trying to sh- take a shower sh- by herself. I'm a shrink bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you dare try to have sex this, with that girl. This is why I lock my bathroom door. So. Yeah, he really does. This is why I lock my bathroom door. So. Dude, I, I can't even go into the bathroom because the door's always locked. Yeah. I'm like, what do you think is going to happen? Mama Bates. Apparently. I want to take a shower. Thinks, he thinks that Mama Bates is going to come Mama in and Bates fucking stab him. Mama Bates is going to come in and shank me. <laughs> How dare be, yeah. you have sex before marriage? Just saying, she would have had a better chance if she locked the bathroom door. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? If she just locked the door. Locked the bathroom really? door. No, You're bathroom blaming door. her? You're no, victim no, 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 blaming? No, 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 no. I'm saying she would have had a better chance. She probably still would have been dead. Oh, boy. Um, and then another symbolism that Andre loves to talk about. What? Half-eaten food. Yeah, what the... The sandwich! That's your favorite. A sandwich... I would... Especially after... They were just done fucking... Like, he loved that part. Why don't you just eat he the He talked about the, the food a lot. The sandwich! Eat the sandwich! Well... Maybe it could be symbolic for hidden things, unfinished business. A sandwich? So to speak. I'm going to say that every time I need to eat the rest of my sandwich now. It's unfinished business. I have some unfinished business to take care of. (laughs) Well, it's also in scenes where it's either with a lover or a possible lover. So it's at the beginning with her boo thing. Yeah. And then it's with Norman. When he wasn't shanking. Who she's like, he's kind of cute. Yeah, they were having a moment. Yeah, she was like, he's kind of cute. He's kind of weird, but he's kind of cute. Freak. I think it has to do with like things left unsaid, things left unfinished. Because they started to talk about something serious. They started to talk about their fears and how everyone's kind of running away from something. We fall into these traps that we we do it to ourselves. Right. And then she just kind of shuts down. She's like, I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Tired. I'm tired. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home. I mean, he gave her, like, the revelation. She's like, I should probably just go home. I know, right? Like, like he... Who knows what would have happened if he wasn't there? Like, if he didn't kill her, he would have been, like, her, her savior. Actually, yeah. He would have, like, been her support. Her savior and her... Demise, I guess. So what if he didn't kill her? Yeah. Was she always meant to die? Well, her, her boss is like trying to talk the well, money. If they didn't start talking about that, do you think he still would have killed her? If she didn't have lunch with him, would if, that have changed everything? I think if she didn't take a shower... <laughs> legit, like... So she just gotta be stinky. <laughs> like, if she just if she just went to bed, I think she would have survived. Because the whole thing, from what the psychologist said, it was, like, the mother, like, overreacted. Yeah, his the nudity set him yeah. off because he's sexually attracted to her. Right. He so wants like, to have sex with her. If he if they didn't have the lunch, and or if they she didn't have the shower, then I think she would have been fine. Which is the crazy part. I mean, that's kind of fucked up. I know it's fucked up. You can't up. expect a lady not to take a shower. She's like, I'm stinky as fuck. No, I'm just saying. If those things didn't happen, I don't think he would have killed her. Unless something else would have set him off later down the line, but I don't know. 
I think that if he didn't kill her, though, it would have been somebody else. Yeah, but then you know? it would have been a shitty movie. But I don't know if he would have been caught. Because the reason why he was caught was because her sister cared so much. Yeah. Cause even, like, her sister loved her. Even the sheriff was just like, it's not Norman. Like, that that kind of, like, touched me a little bit. That like, sister? her sister fucking loved her. Like, she was like... It, it had only been, what, like, maybe one or two days? And she didn't hear from her? She was like, oh my god, I'm so worried about my sister. It's not like her. Like, I'm like, that's so fucking sweet. Like, she loves her sister. Yeah, and her boyfriend was gonna, like, kill himself for her. Cause yeah. it's like, if it just, if you don't hear anything from me, just leave. Just yeah, don't come back. No, no, he didn't even say that. He was just like, once you find out whatever, just leave. Don't, right? Don't tell me, don't talk to me, just get so the fuck out. So he basically was like, I might die. Yeah, I'm probably gonna fucking die And here. he was like, I'm probably gonna die for her. And I'm like, wow. This movie is more romantic than Twilight. <laughs> and that's really sad. It's not saying much. When my peas and carrots touch, it's more romantic than Twilight. <laughs> so romantic. I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. When and when I, he's, I don't know if you noticed, but I looked it up later because it was the letter was too fast to read. But when he's writing letter to her. Yeah, what the fuck? I couldn't read that shit anyway. I know. He was like, um, I know that it seems small, but it's like, for some reason, it it doesn't seem too small for us. And maybe we can make it work. Like, he was trying to tell her to come back, basically. Aww. He's like, you didn't even finish your sandwich. Her. You didn't finish your sandwich. I need you to finish this. Come back and finish your I'm sandwich. I'm lactose intolerant. I put my unfinished business. Yeah, my unfinished business. Um, And then we're going into my favorite theory. This is my favorite fucking theory. Is it milk? It's milk. Yes! Hitchcock is so fucking obsessed with milk. I don't understand. I don't know if it's because he's got, like, really bad mommy issues. And, like, his mom didn't, like, breastfeed him or something. How do you remember that? <laughs> I mean, I know you don't remember that, but maybe it was some sort of Freudian, like, it traumatized him. Oh, Freudian. Freudian. He Floridian. Floridian. <laughs> Not Floridian. Freudian. <laughs> um, because, look, okay. Nobody else has talked about this conspiracy conspiracy theory that I've heard. Conspiracy. I literally looked online. I was trying to find, like, fucking message boards. Like, does anybody else notice that there's milk? milk? <laughs> okay, so in Suspicion, in 1941, another Hitchcock film, Cary Grant brings um, her a glass of milk. He literally puts a fucking light inside of the milk. He wanted people to notice it. Because there's supposedly poison in it. And then, in Spellbound, my favorite Hitchcock movie, I fucking love that movie, Inker Bergman's the shit, and I fucking love Gregory Peck, um, drinks, when he's drinking the milk like a fucking crazy person in a trance, like his eyes are like, whoa. <laughs> he's like, milk, milk, I'm in a trance. It's all about the milk. And then, Psycho, the glass of milk with Bates. So, like, what the fuck is with him and milk? That's three movies that oddly... Like, narrow in on milk. <laughs> he just really likes milk. Did you notice that the lady in the beginning had milk? I think there's milk? also a jug of milk in Suspicion, too. He just drank a jug of milk? No, just like a scene. It's just like in the background? <laughs> no, like the older man is like holding the jug of milk or something. What the fuck? I, I, it's foggy, but there's milk in that movie. There's milk. And I was looking up possible themes to do with milk, because I'm like, what the fuck? I know um, milk usually stands for purity. Yeah, milk is associated with innocence and fertility. Um, and then I also found out 
that dairy was banned from ancient Greek diets. I didn't know that. Was that a, he's not. He's not an ancient I, Greek. I know. I just. That's I interesting. Stumbled, I stumbled across something interesting because they considered it not sophisticated enough because of like the way it was milked from beasts. Like they thought what? it was gross. I mean, it is gross. But they were like, "Ugh, that's so unsophisticated. You have to like." Get your fingers in there and, like, massage their titties. Hi, well, joke's <laughs> on you, ancient Greek people. Greek salads have feta cheese, and that shit's milk. <laughs> joke's on you. They weren't aware of the future. Yeah, the fuck, yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, dairy was banned from their diets. I know that has nothing to do with the film, but... I mean, fun fact, but... Just fun fact, because I was like, what the was fuck say, is wrong with Greek people? Is, is Hitchcock, like, an ancient Greek to you? Or ancient Greek people, I mean. <laughs> like, women are gross and deformed... Fucking milk is gross. I'm like, jeez. But yeah, milk is associated with innocent infertility, so maybe he's just very fascinated with maybe youth and how, like, milk is an untainted, pure thing. Or at least it was back then, because now it's got all kinds of hormones and shit in it. The hormones make you big. That's why I'm six foot one. And the rest of my family is like five foot two. You're fucking lactose intolerant. You can't even have real milk. I can drink it. I'll just fart. Whatever. Oh, God. You're going to shit yourself. <laughs> it's my strength. It's my innocence. It's my purity. Hitchcock knows. Ask him. Yeah, he's obsessed with milk. If you... If if anybody out there knows why there is so much milk, please tell me. I need to know. I need to know. And if there's any other Hitchcock movies where there is milk featured, can you please, like, let us know? Because I need to know. And... So, and then another comment that I liked where, um, the boyfriend's writing the letter and you're in, like, the shop with him. I, I'm going to say that's his shop. I don't know if it was his shop He's, or if it was He has else's. to be the manager. I know he works there. I, how can you tell, if you were, like, not a higher up, how can you tell someone to take a break? I'm going to say it's his shop. Anyways, um, and then there's a scene where the lady's in there and she's, like, buying the thing to kill vermin or something? Yes. Um, and she's like, you know, death should never be painless. And I'm just like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> because fucking deaths in this movie are not painless at all. I always took that as just, like, the naivete of the modern world. And it, like, also parallels back to the sheriff, who, like, couldn't believe that little old Bates could commit such an act. Little Norman. It's just like, we are so naive to think that death is painless. Like, death is not painless. At least not to Hitchcock, it's not fucking sucks and it's painful i mean death most of the time isn't painless well apparently he thinks that people are naive in the modern world these little hicks they don't believe that death can be painful so yeah that pretty much sums up um most of our comments and symbolism for the movie psycho and then let's just close with like maybe a little question so do you think that this movie has stood the test of time? And do you think that it will continue to stand the test of time? Yeah. It's interestingly shot. Well acted. The story was good. Milk. Milk is, yeah. How, I birds. mean, what's my complaint there? Yeah, like, what else What else do you need? You got milk, you got birds, you got a weird corpse. <laughs> you got milk. You got birds, you got a corpse. Of course it stands the test um, of time. I think in the future when sandwiches become extinct. Oh, God. 
They're gonna be like, why would they not consume such a holy relic? They're gonna be like, what the fuck? Jesus is on that sandwich. (laughs) The Jesus toast. I also think that this will stand the test of time. I think it's a beautifully made film. I love the cinematography of it. I love the soundtrack. It's so pervasive. And I'm just a big fan of Hitchcock in general. I really like his movies. I think that he has this... He really is the master of suspense. He just knows how to suspend your dis- your disbelief, and he knows how to create a world where you feel like this could be happening. Right. And the, I just like, like, even the scene where, like, they're just... I mean, obviously, that's something that could happen in real life. Right. There could be a creeper who, like, fucking axe murders you in the shower. Of course. And that's, like, real life. He just knows how to build it up. He knows how to not when he's, when reveal she, his hand too when early. When eating and talking to Norman Bates, like, that was pretty suspenseful that nothing happened. Mm-hmm. He was actually helping her. Yeah, he knows how to build suspense. Like, it was even still suspenseful. In, You're yeah, like, what's going on? the small moments, like, when she's in the car. Yeah. And she's scared. And she goes to the car dealership. And she's fucking paranoid. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? The cop is right there. He fucking knows you're changing Yo, your the car. the cop. Yeah. And the fact that, like, the cop could mean nothing and everything at any time. Mm-hmm. And end up meaning The nothing. paranoia? That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think it'll definitely stand the test of time. 100%. 100 million percent. And then, last question. If you were to remake this movie, how would you do it? How would I remake it? Yes. Uh, would you change anything? Michael Jackson moonwalking <laughs> down the stairs when the P.I. died. Uh, more birds... More birds. That's just the whole wall is just birds. birds. I want like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre house, but just birds. Jesus Christ. He just has like birds hanging from the ceiling. Birds. Birds in the fucking fridge. She like opens the fridge, there's birds. Yeah, like just (laughs) just fly out. (laughs) Just fly out. Like, oh. It's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Titties, definitely. More titties. More titties. Oh, that's one of mine. Nudity. Nudity. Yeah. We we need that. Uh, No rape scene because we don't need that. So just straight up murder. There was no rape. That's what I'm saying. Like, because it's this whole thing nowadays. They're like, shock value, let's add a rape scene. Like, no, no, no. We're going to keep it where it's just murder. Like, Hills Have Eyes. Just and Last House on the Left. The Devil's Rejects. Mm-hmm. Book, Book of Eli had a rape scene. I was like, why? I've never seen that movie. Book of Eli? It's, it's okay. It's really interesting. It's it's a Christian movie. It's really interesting. Interesting. But there's a rape scene for no reason. And I was like, why? Uh, Green Inferno. I'm tired of rape. So. Yeah. I'm going to keep the rape out. That's a good thing. I mean, there was no rape to begin with. And uh, finish your fucking sandwiches. <laughs> You're getting rid of the symbolism. Yeah, no, you needs to finish her food. You don't like unfinished business. That's psychological. <laughs> I keep my business I keep my finished. business finished. Okay, so I would... There'd be nudity. Definitely. You would see lots of titties. Lots? Like... <laughs> like everyone for no reason? Yeah, like, she's definitely going to be naked. Like, you're going to see some titties okay. and some vajayjay. Okay. Because, come on, go go ahead and show show it. Um, And then, randomly, her sister's going to be naked, too. Yeah, just for no, <laughs> where's my sister? For no reason. She's going to be like, where's Why my is she sister? This, this is but, a, like, her, she has no top on. This is a very deep monologue. Why is she doing this in the shower? Like? <laughs> I don't, just because there's just going to be excessive nudity for no reason. Okay. Just because I'm a weirdo. Okay. And then the biggest part okay. that, that I would change is um, Abergast. 
I'm pushing that fucker down the stairs. Oh, you're pushing him? I'm gonna be like, dude, like, you're gonna have to be a trooper. Like, we're gonna actually push you down the stairs. We should co-direct each other's movies, so when he's moonwalking halfway, you just... <laughs> Just fucking nail him. Because I'm like, I'm sorry, it's just got to be a really realistic take. We're going to have to push you. You I'm sorry. You might die. You (laughs) might break your neck. You might die in real life. But it's fine. We have insurance. We'll cover it. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. So, on a a scale, from one being skim milk to (laughs) ten being whole milk, what milk would you give this? Being full milk. Like, whole it, milk is a 10. It's it's pretty much whole milk. It's whole milk? It's whole milk. I give it whole milk too. The only thing that I would change about this movie is that stupid fucking scene where they're, like, explaining his mental illness. I'm like, you really don't I liked it. There's a Latino. It was pointless. Like, I was, I was like, like oh, cool, there's Latinos in here. But, like, no, it wasn't necessary. It was, like, my people being represented. They could have just made the cop the Latino who, like, asked for the blanket. Why the fuck? I just I to don't, service the crazy I white really man. I really don't like that know. scene. It's really bad. And like Hitchcock himself does not like that scene. It's bad pacing. It's I'm not bad pacing. It takes but. you out of the moment. Just all of a sudden, they like fucking shit this information load on you, and you're like, it was a bit Ugh. like if they cut that scene in half, I'd be happier. It was. Bleh. I don't want them you to remove it. it. You don't need it. You don't need it. I don't know. We should rewatch it and just like skip forward. I feel like if because we'll I actually don't remember sides. that scene from when I was a kid. Yeah, you were freaking I, out. You're like, this I is a like, phantom scene. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? This didn't happen. I guess I like blocked it on my memory because it's fucking useless. Oh, wait, because you probably wait. When did you see? When was the last time you saw this movie? Oh my god, I haven't seen this movie since I was like ten. Well, because it's a boring fucking scene. It is a boring fucking for a ten year old. I liked it. And to be honest with you, when I was ten, I did not like this movie. But this is not a movie for children. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is a movie for adults. There's a lot of like hidden meaning meaning and just beauty to it just, that I didn't appreciate. And it's, it's a talking movie. Well, because I was, when I grew up, I was used to watching Nightmare on Elm Street. I loved, like, body horror. I love 80s horror films. I love The Thing. I love Videodrome. I love... Hellraiser? Hellraiser. Like, I love body horror. I love just, like, crazy, extreme, fucking weird-ass 80s horror movies. So when I watched Psycho, I was like, what the fuck is this? It's like, they're, they're just talking. They're just talking. Where's the blood? Where's the titties? Where's the, why is she bleeding syrup? Why it's fucking weird. God. Yeah, pretty, pretty sure 10-year-old Chris wasn't like, that's definitely Hershey's fucking syrup. I, <laughs> 10-year-old Chris <laughs> was like, that's Hershey's syrup. There is no doubt There's in my no mind. There is no doubt in my that mind. That is Publix syrup. <laughs> There's no Publix back then, Andre. <laughs> 350 on sale. <laughs> fucking syrup oh god right, so I guess that wraps it up right yeah that's pretty much all we had to say thank you for tuning in uh, stay tuned for future episodes uh, thank you for watching Invasion of the Next yeah we don't have a schedule as of yet so the next episode will come whenever the fuck we want it to yeah just stay tuned um, we're probably gonna update we're gonna have a twitter we're gonna have soon. a Twitter, a Facebook. Yeah, we're gonna have a Twitter, Insta, possibly a Facebook, and I'll set up an email. So if you guys have any questions, yeah, you can't skip the Instagram. I'm not creating an Instagram. I'm creating <laughs> fuck that shit. I'm gonna be um, the leader of the Instagram. So yeah, next episode you'll have all the information, so you'll be able to get in contact with us. So if you have any questions or if you have any suggestions, and I really need to know if there are any other Hitchcock movies with milk. So please tweet us, email us. I need to know. <laughs> so this is a turn from Invasion of the Nerds to Invasion of the Milk. Yeah. Just, 
It's too much. Alright, bye. Alright, bye guys. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, fellow nerdlings.